This is the Big Church Podcast. I just want you to kind of pray for me today because this is my first time ever preaching at Big Church without my wingman. I'll tell you, when he's preaching, I'm his wingman. And when I'm preaching, I always can look down there and I've got my support system. And so today, it's the first time. We'll see. But he has done such a great job. The first week, he talked about David being chosen but not picked. The second week, he talked about going from the underdog to being under God and that how that made all the difference. The title of my talk this week is Just a Glance. David had achieved great success. Israel's borders were bigger than they had ever been. He had had tremendous wealth, and he seemed to be the man. But the devil comes as an angel of light, and he comes with good things sometimes to tempt us and pull us off path, like success, like wealth, like growth, and all of those are good things, but not out of order. I remember a time when I was building a career in Mary Kay, and I'll tell you, I was pretty successful. I drove the pink Cadillacs for years. I had all the diamonds. I went on trips and I made a lot of money. But let me just tell you, I got caught up in the success. I got caught up in the wealth and I took my eyes off of our company's priorities. God first, family second, career third. I found myself working 60, 70, 80 hours a week driving everywhere because I was driven by money. Let me tell you a little bit about Justin Bieber. He posted on Instagram just a few weeks ago how his glance, his taste of success pulled him in a wrong direction. He had all the money, all the clothes, all the cars, all of the accolades, but what he was missing was that God-sized void that God puts in us, and he became very empty. Long story short, within just a few years, he was downward spiraling, and he got caught up in heavy drugs. He got caught up in abuse, and he got caught up in bad relationships. And I'll just tell you, even as a pastor, sometimes I get real busy doing good things for God, working in ministry when God really just wants my relationship. And I'm sure you have found yourself there sometimes where it's like, oh, I'm serving on Sunday. I'm going to the outreaches. I'm doing all this. But God doesn't really have my heart or my gaze. We get busy, busy, busy that we let our guard down. This is where we find David in today's text. He had gotten real successful, and he seemed to just put himself on autopilot and let his guard down. Can we pray over today's text? Father, we come to you today. We ask, God, that you would help us to examine our hearts, that we fall back in love with our first love, and that's you. God, we ask today that you do what only you can do in our hearts and help us to be more like David a man after your own heart. Help us to be who you've called us to be today in Jesus' name. Well, how many of you guys have ever gone to the beach? Okay. Well, when you go to the beach, they've got on the lifeguard stands these flags that they fly. And they tell 
what the water conditions are. And as you see, if it is a red flag, it means that it's high hazard. In 2 Samuel 11, first verse, we see the first red flag. And it says, in the spring of the year, when kings normally, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. You see, we find David while all of the men are out fighting, doing what they're supposed to be doing at home, kicked back on the couch, snoozing and taking a nap. We don't know if success was his motivation to stay back. We don't know if he was exhausted, tired, burned out. But whatever the reason, David let his guard down. He knew what to do, but he didn't do it. How many times do we find ourselves, we know what to do. We know right from wrong. We know what God's asking us to do, but we do our own thing. We've got our own way planned out when God tells us that he has our future determined. It's a good plan with a hope and a future. But sometimes we go, God, you know what? I got this. I've got a better way. Let's look at verse 2, and it says, Late one afternoon, after his little nap, his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked over the city... He noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. It was just a glance. But that glance turned into an image that was seared into his mind. And when we don't take those thoughts captive, what happens, Romans 12.2 says, is that we're not able to shake them. We must take those thoughts captive so that we can shake them. Did you know? That 28,258 people are watching porn every second. Now listen, this is not a talk about porn. But I just wonder how many of those people, it started by accident. By a pop-up on the screen. By just a glance. Verses 3 and 4. He sent someone to find out who she was. Red flag, he should have been where he was supposed to be. Red flag, it was just a glance. And then it downward spiraled to, I'm sending someone to find out who this babe is. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Four verses in, scandal. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. You see, when we ignore the red flags that the Holy Spirit sends, it, we're going to go down and we're going to do, go down real quick. And can I just tell you today that it doesn't take long to fall, but it takes a long time to get back up. Because number one, we deal with shame. And shame keeps us here because we don't think we can get free. Another thing that happens when we're falling is then we beat ourselves up and we keep going back to the past. The glance goes from the future back to what I did last night. 
Verse 5 says, later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. And what started as a glance completely turned into the scandal with both of them being exposed. We cannot ignore the red flags and think that we're going to keep it hidden because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5 that God will bring to light everything that's in darkness. One day, everything that's done in darkness will be brought to light. You know, the devil has no new tricks. All the way back from the beginning of time. He does nothing different today. He tempts us with just a little lie, just a little mess up, just a little cess, just a little glance. And gang, if we don't keep our guards up, he's going to take us out. I'm going to paraphrase the next few uh, verses just for the sake of time. But in verses 6 through 13, David had come up with this plan to convince, to manipulate, to lie to Uriah, to make Uriah think that he got his wife pregnant. Isn't that the first thing that we do when we mess up? We try to find a way to get out of it. But it backfired because you know what? Uriah was an honorable man. Not that King David wasn't, but he was an honorable man and thought, you know what? All of my men are out on the battlefield. There is no way I'm going to go home and enjoy the luxuries of a wife, of a home, of a good cooked meal when they're out there fighting for our country. So David was like, oh, now what? So he came up with another deceptive plan. And he decided that he was going to get him drunk because we all know when we get drunk, that's when everything goes crazy, right? That's when the truth comes out. That's when we go a little wild. And so he thought, I'm going to get him drunk. And guess what? He's going to go home. He didn't. He slept outside the city gate for the very same You see, just a glance turned into a downward spiral of sin. A little lust turned into a little adultery that turned into lying and deception and eventually murder. A slow fade. So, he kills David in verse 14, or Uriah in 14, 15. So the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, and he gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Joab, station Uriah on the front line where the battle is. And when he's in there, pull back, then he'll be killed. That's what happened with just a glance. After he gave Bathsheba time to mourn, because you know what? It still hadn't come out that they had adultery and that it was his baby. It was still under wraps. It was still in the darkness. And after he gave her time to mourn Uriah, he married her and they gave birth to a son. But verse 27 says it all. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done. Culture today has watered down the scripture so much that we don't think there's consequences to our sin anymore. We think that, you know, but how could a good God send anybody to hell? Because that's what he designed it to be. He designed us to be able to have the free will to make the decisions. And 
when we make the decisions, there's a consequence to pay. Then God sends Nathan the prophet to rebuke him with the word from God. And here's what I love. Nathan, a prophet, holy, acceptable by the Lord, comes to David, sends the rebuke, and David listened to it. That is another thing that's missing today. When we get challenged on something, we put our tail between our legs and we run the opposite direction. When God really is just saying, come on, baby, I'm trying to help you be better. When we're rebuked and challenged, we have a decision to make. We can get mad at the messenger. Been there, done that. I've gotten mad at my spiritual mama when she I didn't like it one bit. But I took what she told me, and I went in prayer, and I processed it with the Lord. And every time what she was telling me was not coming from a place of hate. It was coming from a place of love to make me better. We can get offended, or we can learn the lesson. And when we learn the lesson, we go to new levels. Or we can get better, or we can get better. And it says in verse 14, nevertheless... Because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing, your child will die. There is still consequence to our sin. The Bible says that sin is death. And not always is it a physical death like taking his child, but it is a spiritual death. I promise you that every time that you don't listen and obey the Holy Spirit, you get further and further and further away from the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say that is if you will draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. If you will draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. So the more you draw closer to him, the more he's going to draw closer to you. It is really up to us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. David was called a man after God's own heart. And it's not because he was perfect, because clearly he was not, correct? He was not perfect. He made mistakes. He messed up. But the reason that he was a man after God's own heart is because he didn't stay there. When he fell, he made a conscious decision that I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be the man that God called me to be. There was forgiveness of sin. And there was repentance. The good news is that God is a redeemer. And he restores everything that the enemy meant for bad. He will turn it around for good. And Jesus died so that we did not have to keep feeling that. He gave us grace. Then David after, and Bathsheba, after that moment of mourning their son, got pregnant again. See, God is in the restoration business. He gave them a son, Solomon. Now, let me go back to Justin Bieber. So we heard about his destruction a few years ago, right? But recently, he's come back to the Lord. And he is living out what God placed on him at a very young age. And he's had pastors surrounding him that didn't give up on him when he was in the heavy drugs. He's had people in his life to speak to what God had planted in him. And you know, I shared an article, actually is a prophetic dream, uh, over the weekend. And here's the thing. Celebrities don't get to be baby Christians without the microscope. 
And we need to be very careful that even with each other, that we understand that this is a process. Modern day Pharisees want to defeat people before they ever even get a chance. None of us, not you, not me, not the best pastor that you ever think there ever was, will ever achieve perfection until they get to heaven. So we've got to have grace. We can't look down at our noses at people. I want everyone to go ahead and stand, and I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Because the Lord told me that there were going to be people in this place today that don't have a relationship with him. And if you'll go ahead and dim the lights, guys. And he told me that you've been carrying around so much guilt and shame that you're not even feeling good enough to lift your hand and say that I want a relationship with Jesus because you're so condemned that you have to be perfect before you give your life to Jesus. And I want to tell you today that you'll never be there. If you're waiting on that day, you'll wait until your deathbed. And I can tell you, a, a relationship, a life for Jesus is not easy, but it's worth it. There are days and that, that if I didn't have Jesus, I don't know where I would be. There are days that I go, wow, I have promises to stand on. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.